Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the season. Um, Glyn is unfortunately not with us um, this week. Glyn doesn't feel very well and Glyn has unfortunately got COVID um, and he says his voice is probably not um, podcast ready. Um, so Glyn's having a week off to get ready, so we wish him well. Um, but I've got two fantastic guests, so I'm really pleased to have Aid on. Aid, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you, Ollie? Yep, very good, thank you. Very good. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting to this one. Um, and Chris, you're joining us as well. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ollie, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, two, two, um, yeah, two good fans to have on. It'd be great to get your opinion on as we go on this, go through this game. And both of you were at the game yesterday. I didn't go to the game yesterday. I missed. I was go. I went to a an NCT course. So, for those who have kids, one might know what that is. Um, and so, I watched the second half online, and then I watched the first half back. So, obviously, it's great to have you guys here because obviously you can tell me and fill me in the stuff that I I didn't see from just watching on the screen. So, it'll be interesting to get your or opinion on that. Um, so, I think yeah, let's just cut the introduction introduction really short, and let's just go straight into the game. So, Shrewsbury Town 2, Wimbledon 1, fantastic um, performance, um, fantastic result as well. Shrewsbury Town coming from behind us seems to be the only way we seem to be able to get points this season. Um, attendance was a disappointing 5,300, not in the 6,000 again. I think we need to win a few more games to get the fans back. Um, Leahy scored in the first half, Ado scored in the second half. Um, and then Wimbledon scored on the counter-attack in the first half um, with, with, with a decent goal from them. But that's an interesting point in the game, which we'll come to. Um, Shrewsbury Town actually were unchanged, which is the first time I remember us doing that in the league this season. Morosi, Pennington, Ebanks and Pierre. Bennett and Leahy, the, the wing-backs. Davis and Bella in the middle. Wally in the 10. And Bowman and Crossgrove. So good to see Bowman starting again. And Chris, what was your view on, on the li- lineup when you first saw it? Uh, wasn't surprised at all, to be honest. I think when you look at that Sheffield Wednesday game last weekend, uh, we were battered in that first half hour, but actually we responded really well in the second hour of the game and came out of that game with a creditable point and maybe a little bit of confidence restored. So not not a surprise to me to see the side that got that result thrown out again and basically told to do it again. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, and yeah, I saw you at the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday game. Um, you, what was your thoughts on that game and when um, overall aid? And what was your view of this this lineup? Uh, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday was one of those battling performances, which I think we've come to to know and love from time. Yeah, first half hour totally agree with Chris. I did wonder where we were going with that. So I think the side uh, deserved to start the game again as long as they were all fully fit. So yeah, I thought it was the right decision by uh, Steve Cottrell to do that. And Chris, were you surprised? Obviously, we saw Cosgrove put in, I don't know, maybe not a great performance at Sheffield Wednesday. You were there as well. And were you surprised maybe that Cosgrove started again? Uh, Well, he's not exactly shone lately, has he? But I suppose, despite his form, he has actually knocked in a couple of goals and clearly the manager has some faith in him. And yeah, I I say I wasn't surprised based on the performance, not saying uh, it's necessarily uh, the team that I'd be picking. You know, there's still two or three, at least a couple of players that I'd like to see in our starting lineup. But, you know, the manager's got faith, he's got his views and he's got faith in that team that got a result. And I can't really argue with him after that performance last weekend. No, it's been an interesting decision on Tuesday night who he starts up front. It's obviously one of the areas we do have selection options, so it'd be great to see who he picks. Um, but what was the atmosphere like, um, guys, at the start of the game? I thought the sound fans sounded in good voice, but um, um, both of you... Ada, are you still in the West Stand or are you sitting in the South Stand these days? 
No, I am still in the West End. Yeah, West I thought Stand, it yeah. was uh, it was good atmosphere to start with. I thought the town fans, as per Sheffield Wednesday, were getting behind the team. Um, you know, I think uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it was a good atmosphere for a, a Saturday game, considering where we were in the league. Will you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, definitely. And uh, you mentioned the crowd. And yeah, we'd like a few more than 5,300. But I think it's worth noting, you know, there were only 300 odd Wimbledon fans there. So actually, the number of town fans was up on the crew game a week or so earlier, a couple of weeks earlier. So, uh, you know, on the whole, I think uh, it was nice to see a few more home fans coming back at least. And performances like this one and obviously results like this one will only see that increase uh, you know we were given I think that the atmosphere was there yesterday and part of that is because the team on the pitch gave us something to cheer for I mean yeah there were mistakes and I, you know we're going to obviously come to that Wimbledon goal at some point but at least I saw a team going a town team having a go you know it was actually fun to watch and enjoyable and got to say I enjoyed that game a lot more than you know some of the games this time last year when we were scrambling around playing some very negative very insipid football I, I'd much rather watch the team I watched yesterday. Yeah, it's an interesting point that is. Um, obviously, the manager talked about um, the debate about obviously they must have had pre-season about how we're going to play. He didn't want us to be a defensive counter-attacking team, which got us those r- crucial wins last season. He didn't think that's going to be a, a style that's going to get a success long term. Um, obviously, that's interesting compared to the team we'll play on Tuesday night, who do play quite a, a counter-attacking, a direct style of football. Um, but good for your son, Chris. I'm sure your son was at a game, was he, on Saturday? And did he have a, a normal hot dog again? He sure was, yeah. His fourth game now, so he's uh, he's re- he considers himself a regular now, I think. In fact, he was a bit cross with me for going to Sheffield Wednesday without him. So, yeah, yeah he was very much insistent he'd be back at the game on Saturday, and he enjoyed it, yeah. So. And he took you a voucher for hot dog again, I assume. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No problem at all there. You'll he, have, have, have to save some pennies for next season when you don't have any vouchers. Um, it's going to be a culture shock for him next season because, yeah, he's not having, <laughs> having a hot dog every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, um, yeah, the game started and I thought Town started all right, to be fair. Um, five minutes in, um, a decent effort for Town. Um, Wally had a shot from a free kick and then Ebanks fired at the goalkeeper. Um, probably aid, not the player you want in that situation, inside um, the six-yard box, right in the middle. Um, and maybe a striker would have finished that chance. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the the challenge was he hit it straight at the keeper, didn't he? I think he puts it either side, it's a goal. Um, So, yeah, I totally agree on that one. Doing the centre-half there wasn't what we wanted, really, was it? Yeah, it's a chain, Chris, there. That would have been a fantastic start to the game and would have scored first early on. Yeah, it got the crowd going, didn't it? I mean, you talked about the start and they gave us something to cheer early doors. And yes, it was a shame that you couldn't put it away, but it showed that we had the ability to open them up, I think, and gave us a bit of confidence for what was to come. Yeah, no different. And with Tudor Town, I'd say probably whether we started pretty well, I thought. Um, but one thing was a little bit frustrating. Um, I watched it, this game kind of back to front, watched the second half, then watched yesterday and watched the first half today. Yeah, Crossgrove. There was a court of throw in, and I thought it was just a kind of pointed, pointed moment to put in the in the in the in the agenda. Crossgrove failed to th- control a throw. He's not really doing well at, at the moment, is he? And kind of bringing others into play aid. Yeah, I, I have my views about Cosgrove. Um, I I don't think he yesterday gave a lot of effort. He seemed well off the pace. Uh, he he didn't seem. He was hiding. I thought yesterday. Uh, there were some occasions where he could have got himself in some good positions. As you said, his control was poor, to say the least. And and we need somebody, I think, you know, that up front he can just hold the ball up. I think with the style of play that we seem to be playing, which is, uh, I think, very much a percentage-based game, 
you need that person to be able to hold the ball, control, and then play people in. When he does it, I mean, he, you know, he's fine, isn't he? But the trouble is, it, it's very few and far between times that he does do it, and uh, I think then that's when the question mark is against him, really. Yeah, what's your view on on Cosgrove's Chris? Uh, I don't really remember that incident from the throwing. If I'm honest, I was trying to rack my brains. That's I'd have to see it. But no, it's just uh, one of many moments, yeah. to be honest, where he's miscontrolled the ball um, since he's been with us. Yeah, I mean, in general, he's not had the greatest start, has he, in a township. If I was going to give him any saving grace, I would point out that he's not played well and yet he has scored two goals. So what, what's he capable of if he can get a bit fitter and get a bit more consistency? Will, will the goals follow as well? So I don't know. He's, he's not Sean, that's for sure. And having Bowman come back fit again, who's also a physical kind of player who can hold the ball up, you do wonder if maybe Cosgrove, it's time for him to drop out of the starting lineup. And either for Udo to come back in, obviously he scored the winner yesterday, or even, you know, you've got Tom Bloxham, who's been left out for the last couple of games, who I'm sure is itching to get back in as well. So it's not like we haven't got any options. The manager has other strikers he can turn to. It's one of the few positions in the team where we can say that, actually, isn't it? So Yeah, it's not, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. I was thinking that as well. It's the area where we have most options and also probably quality options as well. Yeah, Cosgrove is not doing the best. Um, the manager said that he admitted that to, to the manager as well he said it, he didn't have a great game and yeah he needs to improve and I think Bowman coming to the side and that kind of you mentioned it Chris that physical element to his game and the running the movement he does I think that's almost a shone how I not go too far but yeah not a great start that we've seen from Cosgrove and if you say you know Tom Bloxham and Ado, um I'd be like to see either for me Bowman is our number one striker at the moment um, yeah he hasn't scored loads of goals but in terms of his effort he puts in so it'll be really interesting to see who we actually do pick um, in to start the next game um, so yeah then I thought Wimbledon started to come into the game a little bit they were trying to play some nice stuff clearly got some good players in their sides um, I thought they were shift and spreading the play really nicely. Um, but one thing I do quite like about this Shooter Town team is we've got some quite experienced players. And for me, that was something that we've kind of struggled with the last few years. Um, Leahy got his shirt pulled. Not a huge pull on the halfway line. Leahy goes down. He wins the foul. The Wimbledon players start screaming in his face. But for me, I thought that was clever play. And, and I thought this was one of, one of Leahy's... Or I'd actually say this was Leahy's best best performance aid. Um, I, thought he'd, I thought he had a really good game on Saturday. Oh, didn't he? Um, I think it's interesting what you say about Wimbledon because I, I was looking at the Wimbledon midfield. Uh, so Woodyard, Alexander, um, uh, I think it was Hattigan, wasn't it? Um, playing a sort of in, in a in a three at the back and a Christmas tree because you had McCormick and a cell above them. And I loved the way that they were just really comfortable on the ball. So they pick it up from the back four. Um, to start spraying it around, they all seemed really comfortable. And yeah, they they were trying, they were chancing it, they were taking a little bit of risks with some, uh, you know, not short balls, medium pass balls. And sometimes Lee he would read it, or some of our guys would read it. Um, but generally, they seemed really comfortable on the ball. They seemed able to to take passes, but they were attacking positive passes rather than us, where I think we were trying to play percentages. But uh, Lee, yeah, I mean, th this was his best game for time without a shadow of a doubt. And we know uh, what happened later on. But uh, yeah, he is a clever player and I'm glad he's in the squad. Yeah, no, he's, he had a good performance, I thought, on Saturday. And so 22 minutes into the game, I thought Wimbledon was starting to come on top a little bit then. Um, they kind of have a good, decent attack. And uh, Ebanks does an amazing, um, amazing block in the middle of our goal. Then a good save. Um, 
for Morosi, um, but he got hurt in the process, so we had a little bit of time out then as well. Um, and then, yeah, there was a, quite an interesting moment in the game. So Shuzutarin are on the attack. Wally's, uh, who's playing that number 10 role, is driving forward on the left-hand side, goes into the penalty area, goes down. Chris, penalty? <laughs> Not a chance. It was a dive. It was a massive dive, wasn't it? I like Sean Wally. I thought he played well yesterday. I thought, you know, he's a popular town player, and I've always, I've, I feel fondly towards him at all times. But that doesn't mean I can't spot a dive when I see it. And that was a big one for me. But we agree with that, Aid. Oh, absolutely! It, it was awful. I mean, Sean, I think, has this tendency to win free kicks, um, and sometimes it's fair enough, and other times it just he just chances it. And how he didn't get booked for that one, I don't know. But it, yeah, it was pretty pretty appalling. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was for those who who were who weren't at the game and just listening to the podcast and to follow the town. Sean Wally had a shoulder to shoulder with with the defender. Um, I think that's probably what stopped him getting booked because it was a shoulder to shoulder. But he went down too easily. Very frustrating. He was in a good opportunity there and could have done something with it. It looked to me like he was waiting for the contact, Ollie. I just yeah. watch as he went in the box. You saw he was almost looking over his shoulder, thinking, "Where's the defender? Because I'm going down here." Um, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't the best play, and he, yeah, he could have got the ball across to a shooter town player, and we maybe could have had a goal scoring opportunity. Um, but then we had a, a good cross from from Bennett, um, a header um, from Bowman in the in the penalty area. Um, a good opportunity there, Chris. I thought that was a good chance, and I'm sure Bowman was frustrated he didn't take his chance there. Cracking, oh, cracking opportunity. I mean, obviously, I've seen it in a split second. I don't know whether it looked to you on telly, but to me, it felt like uh, he should have scored. It felt to me like it was a big, big miss. I had a look at your DXG graphic that you tweeted, and I, I didn't see a huge jump for that. And yet, to me, it felt like a massive chance. It felt like he should have scored that seven or eight times out of ten. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't as easy as it looked to me, but it felt like a big miss. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was kind of doing in the background, getting ready for this and to talk about the XG. And when I look on Y Scout, we had 1.75 XG versus their 0.6. So I think I think there was a couple of chances missed off that that XG um, analysis, which is which is which is interesting. But yeah, I think probably sometimes you probably need to go to Y Scout to get that definitive, accurate. Because obviously they have the resources to kind of watch all the games in full and and have yeah obviously have a team supporting it. So yeah, the XG on on Y Scout was one point seven five to point six, which obviously is a huge um, advantage to Shrewsbury in terms of the XG battle. Um, and that was a great opportunity to score. Really disappointing he didn't score there. And and then yeah, Shrewsbury are a town on top um, at this point. I thought I thought obviously the, we had the, the Bowman chance. Um, and then yeah, unfortunately um, we 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 had a, a quite a I'd say an awkward goal to concede. Shrewsbury Town take a set piece. Um, Leahy and Bennett, um, are more experienced players, decide to do something, create, try and be creative and think of something. A um, good counter attack from Wimbledon. The ball comes to McCormick, who passes it across the goal um, and goes into the back of the net. I did find a little surprise, and the little chap um, on the left hand side was. Um, was giving it all, all, all to the Shrewsbury Town fans and putting his ears up to the Shrewsbury Town fans. Was, had anything been kicking off in the game, or was he just trying to be cheeky? I think a bit of both, wasn't it? I didn't, I didn't, really, you know. I thought, oh, has he, has he ever played against us before? But he was in Scotland, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't really understand why. I just think it's one of those moments. But I think that that's just come back to our free kick. So this goal comes from our free kick on the edge of their penalty area, and you sort of think, hang on a minute. What on earth are we doing? And I think the trouble is we were overcomplicating things. We were overplaying. Uh, we just needed to have a simple ball into the box or a shot on target. 
we didn't do that. We, uh, I think, took too much time, overcomplicated things. They got the ball and broke. McCormick was a great ball in, but uh, um, Pennington and Wally had uh, two good chances to get in a tackle. They didn't. And uh, the guy goes through and scores. Yeah, it was a good finish, wasn't it? And then celebrated in front of the town fans of the same stand, which really endeared him to them, didn't it? So. Yeah, it seemed a little bit unnecessary. I wonder if there was something going on in the game. But yeah, I guess maybe just wanted a bit of, bit of banter. Um, but it's really frustrating, Chris, that we conceded first again. Yeah, it's happened. I, I think that's now 10 times. Well, every game bar one, isn't it? That's happened this season. So certainly in the league now. Well, how many have we played? Nine, Nine isn't in it? the league now. So yeah. eight times out of nine in the league. That's happened. In- incredible. That goal yesterday obviously shouldn't happen and we've messed it up. And there's a couple of things I'd say, though. One, I want our team to be brave enough to try things sometimes and they're not always going to come off. And the free kick was a shambles. I don't know what they were trying to do there, but it certainly didn't work. But I suppose if I'm looking for any positives, that the, you know, the players are actually taking it on themselves to try a few different things and really they should have recovered better from that position not just those two but the whole team and the other thing I'd say on a positive from a Wimbledon point of view is that team is clearly very young and energetic and pacey and whatever you say about our errors they took it very well the speed that they broke the passing and the interchange that they showed and the finish for that matter was all very good there was a lot to be impressed from that goal if I was a Wimbledon fan I'm probably going home raving about that goal you know it looked fantastic from their perspective despite the shambles at the back from us I'll be honest with you Chris I mean I stood up and applauded uh, the goal because I thought it was just a a fantastic move and a great finish and uh, you know I'll applaud good football whatever team is with its hours of the opposition unless it's Wrexham obviously but um, you know what it was it was a good piece of football for League One wasn't it and uh, you know a good goal to see yeah, it was. It was a good. I thought it was a good goal from a from a Wimbledon perspective, not from Shrewsbury Town. It, I obviously didn't see that bit. I didn't see the goal. So when I actually saw it, I was expecting it to be worse than it was. Um, yes, it's not ideal that Leahy and Bennett kind of did that from themselves. Kind of got a little bit tangled of myself, Bennett. But for me, it wasn't as bad as I was kind of expecting, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, it's it's something the manager said that he wants the players to you know, to be creative. He wasn't obviously that pleased that they kind of messed up because the reason why it failed so badly for me is not necessarily Leahy and Bennett making the decision they did, but the context of where everyone else was. There wasn't enough cover. There wasn't enough cover for those two to make that commitment. Um, we put more men in the box, so we're outnumbered when they counterattacked. Um, and that, for me, was the problem. that They didn't notice, really, that we didn't have enough cover. That was the error, rather than necessarily the pass um, as such. Um, and, yeah, not not ideal. Um, interestingly, the manager said, you know, it's interesting because the manager said he didn't go mad at them at half-time. And, obviously, we, we hear things about, you know, what's going on in the dressing room sometimes. We've had a few leaks and hear a few interesting things that come out. But also, Leahy said that they didn't get told off about it as well. But I'm sure it was the goal um, that they, they scored. Obviously, it probably helped helped soften the blow. Um, I was going to say, if it was still nil-one at half-time, it might have been a different story. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think so as well. And I think, obviously, it was key that Bennett and Leahy were involved in the goal as well. Um, it was a decent goal as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, interesting. There was a, the, the atmosphere, I think, changed a little bit here. There was a poor free kick from Salop. And the free kick went um, straight into in, out of play. And Chris, there's a little bit of the Shooter Town fans weren't that impressed with this this bit of play. Um, the atmosphere was starting to turn a little bit, I thought. 
it doesn't take much at the minute, does it? I think obviously when, when your team's losing more often than not, it, you know, when you go one nil down, I think there's a lot of people thinking, here we go again. And yeah, undoubtedly, the, it, you know, that was the danger time when things could have got a little bit ugly. Shrewsbury needed to respond quickly, and uh, you know, that equaliser just nine minutes after we'd fallen behind that changed the mood. Yeah, will you agree with that, Aid? Yeah, I'll be honest. I was really a little bit frustrated uh, after the goal and after a couple of uh, passages of play that I saw. Uh, and I think people around me were too. Uh, I think we just wanted to, to see us, you know, try try and go on the front foot a bit more. Um, but hey-ho, that was to come later, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. And we were. It's interesting, actually, our style of play. At times, I thought we did try to play some nice football and did a bit of passive move, but clearly our style was to get the ball forward quickly. Um, wasn't hoofing as such, but we definitely were kind of attacking and trying to get the ball forward quickly. Um, I thought it was interesting as well. We kept winning a lot of fouls from them, um, particularly Asal, who's their number 10, kept giving away a lot of fouls, which was kind of slowing the game down a little bit. Um, but then it was a really nice bit of play, I thought, from Shrewsbury. And something that's really key in, the, in this style and formation that we are playing. Um, so Bennett crossed the ball into the box. Leahy got, gets onto the other side, um, gets in the box headed in, looping header, um, and I obviously know where you sit, Chris. That must have been a great view from where you were sitting. Yeah, you could watch. The, you, I knew that was in from about a half a second after it left Lee's head. You could just see it looping. You could see the keeper wasn't going to get to it, and you could see it was going in. It was a good move, and as you said, I'd take it back one player before Bennett as well. I actually thought the pass from Wally to release Bennett was terrific. I thought he, it, it's, it really let release Bennett into a great position to get that cross in, and I, I think Wally deserves some credit in that goal as well. I thought the three of them uh, created and then obviously finished it. It was a, it's a good team goal, good team goal, and a good, uh, nice for Luke Leahy. Nice to see the wing backs combined like that and yeah Lee he as, as I think we've already covered best game in the town shirt without a doubt and it was nice for him to cap that with a goal as well we, there was a lot of talk when we signed him that here's a guy who can actually score goals and people said he got 10 last season for Bristol Rovers or something although I think a few of those were penalties yeah quite uh, a few penalties yeah he's shown here that he can score from open play and yeah he took it really well he did, and he can be pleased with himself were you impressed with the goal as well it's good to see our wing backs combining do you know what impressed me? I think we decided just to up the tempo a little bit before the goal. So Wally, instead of I think, doing a sideways pass or going backwards or just cutting inside, did, did did an absolute great pass, he said to Bennett. And he just got the momentum going a bit. And then the cross was great. I think, uh, again, if we're going to be overcritical, probably Cosgrave, was that meant for him more than Lee? <laughs> Lee certainly got on the end of it and it, it was a better... Uh, position for Lee to score and it's one of those great looping headers and the keeper just couldn't get it could he so yeah that got us back in the game which was brilliant yep no totally agree with that and we, we ended the half on top and Vela had a shot wide we had a, a deflection on a, on a luckier day that could have gone in um, and then Wally had a shot on target as well which was a good effort um, and I was thinking I wrote here from one all at half time was that fair but I think it's fair to say that we dominated that half aid yeah, I think we did. I think the thing was, obviously, Wimbledon set up, I think, to hit us on the break. And uh, again, as I think has happened too many times this season, teams carving us through the middle uh, because I think we play very narrow in the midfield. And um, with the wing-back system, it seems to be very easy to just carve us open in the middle um, and create chances. And I think that's what Wimbledon were trying to do. They were trying to pass it out from the back, go through their midfield, Try and see if they could get something wide, and then just try and you know get a chance through the middle, um, which is where they got their goal. 
Um, but I think Town then sort of, the more the game went on, Town started to look a lot more solid uh, and that stopped uh, Wimbledon breaking the stone. And I think it's worth noting as well is that AFC Wimbledon have, have had a fantastic start to the season. If they'd won that game, um, they would have had 15 points, which would have had them fifth. Um, they scored um, they scored 10 more goals than us this season. Um, so I think, you know, for us, the fact that we did look like the bet, like the side that's maybe going to score the most, I think it's testament to how much we've improved in recent weeks. Um, some small improvements, um, but for me, I thought that was a good half of football. And I think it's, it's not a bad aid to say that, you know, we were probably the better side in that first half, considering how well they started the season. They would have been fifth if they'd beaten us on Saturday. And I think we can take some, some, some pride in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think for a side that probably was low on confidence and, and is considered to be struggling, uh, Wimbledon really were a tidy outfit. They, they looked confident on the ball. They pass the ball really well. Uh, maybe at times they just haven't got that clinical striker, uh, you know, that can get them the goals. But you can see why they've scored more goals than us, can't you? Yeah. You know. So yeah, to to go in at one one, I think everybody was quite quite pleasantly surprised, really, to be honest. And you were quite impressed with Wimbledon, weren't you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I was impressed, Ollie. I thought Wimbledon played some good stuff. They knocked the ball about nicely at times. So, yeah, there was a lot to like from the way they play the game. But equally, I was impressed by the way Shrewsbury went about it in the, on this occasion. You know, for once, I thought we played to our strengths a bit more. Early this season, I think we've clearly been trying to play some possession-based football. We've had games where we've had 55 60%. I think Plymouth was an example. We were over 60% in that game, and yet fair and square lost 3-0. Uh, whereas this time, I think we were trying to get the ball out wide, quality delivery into the box, not so worried about just knocking it about in the middle without ever looking like hurting the opposition. So much more uh, a, a much more positive display from us and much more the way that suits the squad we've currently got, I think. So what do you think is the difference then, Chris, with this team at the moment? You know, we've got the same players and we've had obviously a bit longer together. Is it is it the accuracy or, or what? what? what's kind of making the difference at the moment? Oh, for me, a few things. I, I think we started, the, let's be honest, we, we didn't have the best pre-season, did we? They hadn't had enough games. Uh, I, they just didn't look fit. They didn't look ready to start the season. So I possibly think part of it is it's taken a few weeks for us to get up to speed. We're probably uh, showing the level of fitness and uh, commitment we'd have expected a month ago now. So it, uh, that's maybe a negative that it's taken this long. But I think we're starting to see more of what our team is capable of now. And hopefully that will lead to some better results over the weeks to come. I think also, I think the, you know, the manager talked about wanting to make us this possession-based team. I, I'm not sure if he'd admit this, but watching the game yesterday, I do wonder if he's just slightly backtracked from that a bit and is being a bit more pragmatic now. And I certainly felt we played to our strengths yesterday. And if we're going to get results with the squad we've got, we have to play to our strengths. Yeah, talking of, of stats, so we had 38% possession. Um, Wimbledon had 62, we had 12 shots on target, they had 10, but we had 5 on target and we had 7 corners as well. I thought well, sometimes corners is quite an interesting stat. Um, but Aid, we, we haven't had you on the podcast this season. Um, what do you make of the squad at the moment and do you kind of agree with what Chris is saying? Yeah, I probably wouldn't be so diplomatic as Chris is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'd probably echo what you guys have said on the podcast in, in previous times. I, um, I don't understand how we got to this point. I, I don't understand how we got so many um, sort of round pegs to go in square holes or the other way around. Um, but, you know, you know, I thought yesterday was probably, and Sheffield Wednesday was probably the most balanced we've looked. And considering we have got those sort of you know, round pegs going into square holes. Um, 
you know, it, it was quite surprising that that formation seemed to work for us, as it did at Sheffield Wednesday. So I think it, we stick with it. I think that's our strength, as Chris has said. So we've just got to stick to that type of formation and then bring in players, obviously, when others have to drop out, either rotation or injury. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be a, a, a struggle, isn't it? Two interesting points one to discuss. Um, what do you guys, Aid? what do you make of Wally in the 10? Is, is he getting better or do you think that as a that's just another um, you know, square peg in a round hole? Yeah, I think it is. But I'll be honest with you, I think it's the only position realistically you can play. Uh, if you then say, right, you put Vela in that role, who do you then bring on better into the midfield? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll probably have a chat about that a bit later. But it, it's probably his position now. Um, he, you know, he does work so hard. The challenge I think we've got is if you're going to then play Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, how on earth do you keep that guy fresh? Um, and it's the same with Bennett. Um, I think that's going to be our big problem going forward. But yeah, I think he's he's warming to the role. Um, if you think about when he has played previously, even as a winger, he's cut inside, hasn't he? So it seems to work for him and a player of his experience and age. Uh, it is probably the position that he should be playing right now. Yeah, it's probably our best position for us, isn't it, Chris? At the moment, especially with the number of strikers we're, we've got, you won't be, I'll be surprised if he plays up front at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I thought Wally played well yesterday. I yeah, thought no, he was a big so contributor well. to our victory. And yeah. is it is he a is he a natural number ten? No, he's a winger, isn't he? But we're not playing a formation that suits a winger at the minute, and he's certainly not a wing back. Now, the manager failed to bring in that number ten in the transfer window. So if he <laughs> wants to continue with that formation, he's got to play somebody there. And on what we've got, Wally's the best bet for me. And I thought yesterday he did well. And certainly, I want to see him there rather than Josh Vella, who's doing very well in the position he's in thank you very much and I don't want to pull him out and have another player playing out of position somewhere that just weakens us in a different area of the park so no I was pleased with Sean Wally yesterday you know we've talked about his dive but other than that I thought there were lots of positives from him he had a, he had a part to play in the opening goal and he looked a threat on several occasions so yeah I thought, we've I thought got did position. well he and also you see him line up on the right hand side when we from when we're defending it's that we turn our midfield to, goes from a, a two and a number ten um, two sit in a number ten, and it goes sometimes goes to a bank of three. I thought he's he's obviously he's, his athleticism is helpful, but I do be unconcerned. Obviously, you know, as we go into the depth of winter, um, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, we've got another game on Tuesday coming up. I don't think he's going to be able to play there a lot. So it'll be interesting who starts. Maybe the number ten on on Tuesday night. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Talking of Vela, he's clearly our best player, uh, most consistent performer. It is a worry aid that you got a, you got a knock in the second half. Yeah, I think there was a yeah, collective intake of breath from the Solid fans yesterday about that, wasn't there? Yeah. And uh, I know some of the guys I was sat with, you know, we were saying the same thing. Um, again, we don't want to labour on the point, but it does show that the lack of strength in depth. It does show the lack of playing different players out of position. And then when you're relying on somebody so much like a Valor, uh, you know, you then have to think, okay, well, what what then is the replacement? Is that then Og better? Is that then the guy from Leicester coming in? I don't know. You know, it, it it's it is concerning, but we're not going to have Vela there for forty six games this season, as we're not going to have Wally. So it's up to the manager to uh, to come up with the most suitable solution. Yeah, and it's not just losing Vela is is obviously an issue because of the lack of replacements. It's the fact that he's our best player as well. So it's almost like, for me, a bit of a double whammy. You're losing your best player 
and also you don't have really have a natural replacement. So it'll be fascinating to see if he comes back. I, I would rather not rush him back on Tuesday, um, even though he seems like the kind of player that would play through an injury. Uh, you know, I'd rather I'd rather lose him for Tuesday night than lose him for three games if he gets a knock again. Um, I don't know what's your thoughts on that, Chris. Oh, he's a key player for us, isn't it? But this is where we talked about having some options up front. Midfield is where we've got the least options, which is ridiculous, really, especially when you look at Shrewsbury squads in recent seasons where we've had ridiculous numbers of midfielders. Now it's ridiculous for a different reason. But it's Josh Vella. No player is normally indispensable, but in this squad, Josh Vella is about as close to indispensable as it comes. So it's a real problem for us to have him out. But I suppose you look at, based on what the manager's done so far, if Vella is out, I can see one of two things. He'll either move Bennett into the middle or he'll move Leahy into the middle. And either option isn't ideal because they've both done well at wing-back in the last couple of games. If it's Bennett, then you imagine Josh Daniels comes in. And that's probably the way I'd go, simply because I think Bennett's a decent midfielder. If it's Leahy, that gives Ogbetter a chance at wing-back. And I, you know, I, I've raved many times about Ogbetter being the most talented player in our squad. But I just think Luke Leahy is wasted in midfield. Every time we've seen him there, he looks like a fish out of water. So I wouldn't rate that as an option. So for me, it's probably Bennett. But it's a shame because it, it affects the balance that we've had with those two wing-backs against Sheffield Wednesday and against, uh, <coughs> and again on Saturday. Yeah, it's just it's disappointing to lose Fella. And the manager said he got a knock. Um, he doesn't know if there's any ligament damage or not. It's something we'll find out maybe on Monday. Obviously, he'll be resting today and be interested to see how he gets on. Um, there's not a lot to talk about in the second half, to be honest. Um, as if, um, there was, um, you know, there was Bowman fired wide narrowly. Um, there's a decent cross from AC Wimbledon that missed everyone. Um, there was a great drive into the box from McCormick and a crucial tackle in the box from Bennett. And I think he got a knock from that. Um, but other than that, there was one key moment in the game from, in the second half for me. So Leahy crosses the ball into the box. Ado had just come on, superb um, header into the back of the net. And, and as maybe as Ado's number one fan, Chris, you must have loved that goal. <laughs> Danny Luto's got something. I, yeah, I, he is a goal scorer and he came on again and showed that. And I like the lad. Yeah, I mean, number one fan might be a bit strong, but I was pleased for him. <laughs> maybe after your son, maybe. Ah, well, he, my fa my son's loving him now because of the song. He was joining in with that. We enjoyed the Danny Ludo song on Saturday, that's for sure. N nice bit of noise from the crowd for him after he scored. Uh, terrific finish, wasn't it? And it was it it, lift, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was great to see. And uh, it, it was a it was a good delivery from a recycled corner as well. It, I thought a lot of Leahy's corners had come to nothing, but this time the ball came back to him, and his delivery from a slightly better angle, I suppose, was absolutely top drawer, and the finish was fantastic. Yeah, it was a good finish, wasn't it, Aid? Oh, wasn't it? I think, though, the thing is, it's the quality of the cross. You cannot defend against that type of cross, can you? It was perfect. It was the right pace. All somebody's got to do is get their head on it. And that's what Udo did. He, he was watching the ball. He was watching it come across. You could see, and he thought, right, I'm going to get my head on that. And it was just one of those lovely goals that beats the keeper. Straight in the net, everybody goes nuts. And, uh, yeah, it's a long time, I think, since we've seen something of that good of quality. But I suppose you think both goals are really good quality, weren't they? Good quality yeah. crosses, good quality finishes, and two headers as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased with Udo. I think, um, I don't think I would have kept him um, at the end of last season. I, I thought if we're going to have a clean out, he, he's got to go. I think he's been a bit of a victim of uh, Okunabiri not being here. Um, and I think, you know, they were good friends, weren't they? And I think those two could have formed a partnership. Um, whether this is now Udo's chance, I don't know. 
Um, I still think you need some a bit more of a physical presence up front. But I think maybe it's worth looking at Bowman and uh, Udo and seeing what they could do for us. Do you think um, he would have scored this goal last season? Yeah, I do. I know he's bulked up a bit. I think that, that's been the interesting thing. Um, I think you've got to get in the right positions. And I think he he maybe was hiding a little bit like Cosgrove's hiding currently. Um but, you know, he, he was so, I think, G'd up, wasn't he? Just come on, the crowd were, were getting behind him. Uh, and again, it, it was just a peach of a delivery from Lee. As you said, recycled corner. The, the first attempt wasn't great, but tried to go to the near post. Today was a little bit late, I thought. Um, but the, the the delivery was just, oh, it was bliss, wasn't it? And uh, it was great to see somebody get on the end of it and put away. Yeah, it was good. I do like headed goals. Um, it was something, yeah, you don't get a lot of them, especially in the top flight anymore. But yeah, two really good crosses um, and two really good um, goals um, for Shrewsbury Town, I thought, this week. Um, and after that, obviously, we scored, what was it, after 67 minutes. So there was still over half an hour to go. Um, but I thought Shrewsbury Town controlled the game really well. I, you know, in certain times in recent years, we've really got quite nervous at the end of games. Um, but even considering, you know, they're the second top goal scorer in the in the league. Only MK Dons has scored one more goal than them. Um, I thought we sort the game out really well, Aid. It was it was a decent performance after the goal, and and yeah, quite a kind of professional performance in in after the, after the, we went ahead. No, they did they did have a couple of chances, didn't they? And, and yeah. we had still one or two. Yeah. So I think what I thought was that um, okay, maybe on another day Wimbledon could have maybe come back and equalise. I don't think necessarily they would have deserved it. Uh, I remember coming out of the ground and Wimbledon fans saying, oh, we only had one shot on target. Well, the stats don't tell us that, do they? No. Um, I, I thought, yeah, you know, as we said, Wimbledon were a good team. Uh, they played really good football, which I, I really enjoyed watching. I liked our, I think, spirit. I think we showed a lot of spirit. I thought, you know, some of the players look really up for it. You know, Udo, when he come on, look really up for it. I thought as a team performance, it, yeah, it's probably the best of the season. It was certainly both Sheffield Wednesday, which I thought was a really good performance. Do you think it's better I than think, the Gillingham game as well? Um, I think the Gillingham game was one of those that, that just seemed to turn on a sixpence, yeah. and I think it could have gone either way. I think this one, you know, I come out of the ground thinking, yeah, I really enjoyed that. A bit like Chris, I really enjoyed that game, really enjoyed our performance. I still thought there was a lot of question marks, but we're always going to say that, aren't we? But no, I thought um, it was a good three points. It was a good result for us, a much needed result for us. And now let's kick on. Yeah, no, it was much, much needed three points. Took us out of the relegation zone. Um, you never would have guessed, Chris, when we did our pre-season pod after nine games, we'd be head of Ipswich. If I'd, if I'd have told you in that pre-season game, and pre-season podcast, sorry, that we would be ahead of Ipswich, you probably would assume that we'd be top of the league, wouldn't you? Well, I think on that pre-season pod, I did say I thought I could see us struggling, but I also tipped Ipswich to win the league. So, yeah, I, I definitely would not have seen the start Ipswich have had. So, yeah, no, so it's Ipswich a complete have shock. had a terrible start of the season. But do you guys see their goal they scored on Saturday? Yes, from the goalkeeper, from the yeah. So, what, what, so for those who didn't see it, the guy behind him. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, striker was standing behind the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper didn't notice him. He was there, and he managed to get an all-important point for um, yeah Ipswich, who are in a relegation battle at the moment. It's a, it is, it's balm, isn't it? You've got Wigan are spending a load of cash. You've got Ipswich spending a load of cash. A lot of teams in League One spending loads of money. Um, but Ipswich have had a terrible, terrible start to the season, where Wigan have won six games in a row now. I think. Um, the, the the top of the table is, is quite hot 
um, and obviously we've got a tough game coming up again. But overall, Chris, um, you're probably ple- you know, pleased with the performance, pleased with the three points. Yeah, I did think, you know, you were talking about us seeing the game out. I thought in the last 10, we sat really, really deep and Wimbledon were coming onto us wave after wave after attack, but they didn't create a lot. There was one good save from Morosi, I remember him getting low down to his right to palm it away. But other than that, that's the only one that sticks out for me. And I did think when we finally got into injury time, we did manage to push up the other end. And actually the last couple of minutes were largely played out in their corner, which was nice to see. I was actually able to relax in the last two minutes. And I remember the the, the final moment of the game wasn't it? it was the ball comes out to Sean Wiley and yeah. he's breaking forward and I actually said to the guy sat next to me which is Ian you know him Ollie and I said to Ian he just needs to turn right here and not, not try to go anywhere near the box and he actually did he did the professional thing he turned away and just held the ball until the ref blew up basically and uh, it was nice to see them see it out professionally yeah no it's, I thought that was quite sensible from from Wally he could have quite easily have, have run forward but he did the right thing there didn't he Aid? he took the took the right decision yeah, unfortunately, I wanted him to go on and score. Yeah, I thought but, you uh, might have done. Like me and uh, Dom Kirby sat by me, going, oh, go on, go on. But no, absolutely, it was the right thing to do. And um, not long after that, the referee blew his whistle and everybody went home happy. So that was good. Yeah, it was good. Just a few comments on Wimbledon. Obviously, it was very hard to pick relegation fodder this year. A lot of people went for the League Two sides. A lot of people went for, for Wimbledon as well. Um, but I'd be surprised if they're in the relegation battle. McCormick, who they picked up from Bristol Rovers, who Shrewsbury Town fans will really know really well. He looked quite lively, I thought. I thought Nightingale at the back for them was a good defender. He had one particularly good sliding tackle to win the ball. Um, but yeah, um, I think they're a decent side, Wimbledon. And yeah, for me, you'd expect them to finish mid-table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it might surprise somebody, you know, going the season goes on. But maybe they are just missing another striker that can put the ball away. Uh, and if they get that guy in January, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be any problem whatsoever uh, with Wimbledon. I think they'll, uh, they won't trouble the relegation places. I'd be really shocked if they did now. They've yeah. obviously got the play lane effect. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I must admit, it'd be interesting to see when we play the return fixture where they are then and where we are. Yeah. No. Uh, any final comments on the game, Chris, before we do a top threes? Uh, no, just Wimbledon. They look like a club with a plan to me. I mean, their manager is a youth team manager who was promoted and he's brought through a few of those players with him. I, I was reading before the game that, you know, they've got they've fielded the youngest team in the division this year. Uh, at times, they've had an average age of 22.4 or something. So if you're a Wimbledon fan, that's quite exciting. Presumably, some of those players are assets. So they're going to sell for money as well. So they, they just look like a club with a plan and a club that knows is looking at how to punch above its weight. And right now, they're doing it very well. So kudos to them. You know, that's the, that's the kind of thing we want. Our, we need our club to be really. If we're going to be successful and move on, that's how you do it. You develop your own, you sell them for a profit, and you replace them with better players. Yeah, no, isn't that interesting? So, sorry, Ollie. Uh, I was going to say about Presley, uh, the guy they got on loan from Brentford. He's sort of their equivalent to Bloxham, isn't he? He's a, a tall young lad, um, puts himself about a bit. And I, again, like Chris was doing, I was reading the program, just reading through some of their. Uh, you know, squad members, and the amount of people that come through the academy is, is really interesting. So, yeah, agree with Chris. They seem to be a club on the up. Uh, they've got the new stadium now. Uh, yeah, the future looks really bright for them, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does look well, and and they play in their own their own colours as well, um, Aid, which is obviously an advantage um, for selling shirts. And um, yeah, there's a lot. Of, it's it's. It feels like there's a lot of coincidences and kind of bad decisions. Um, but it does make it feel like we've lost our way a little bit off the pitch. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, 
oh, where do we start? I, I don't know, you know, oh, do, do you go back to Hurst? Do you go back to the, that time? Have we ever really recovered from Paul Hurst leaving the football club? I'd probably say we haven't. I think we've made some poor decisions and I think we've made some poor decisions internally in terms of, you know, why is it that, you know, when the new manager comes in, the priority for him is to change the kit manufacturer? Things like that, I think, sort of grinds with me a little bit. I, I think as a football club, yeah, we seem to just lost that little bit of direction. I think we've had these times before. We'll have these times probably again. Um, but I think the, the mess of the transfer window it, it is taking a long time as well to get over, isn't it? And we, we've just got to hope we can have a better transfer window in January, fingers crossed, touch wood. Yeah, hopefully we're not. So we were talking a few weeks ago, weren't we, about maybe being cut adrift or being in the relegation zone. Um, I think it would still be a great performance not to be in the relegation zone when we come to, to January. And um, you'd expect Ipswich and Charlton to pick up some points. There are a few teams dropping down without naming any names, um, uh, teams that are not doing so well at the moment. So I think it's going to be tough. Um, but fingers crossed we can we can be a good position And when we get to get to January. Um, Chris, who was your top three uh, man of the match for me was Luke Lee. He, I don't, I think we're all going to agree on that one from comments I've heard on this. I thought he was superb yesterday. Uh, I thought Elliot Bennett was excellent. And I, frankly, I need a top four because I kind of want to put Sean Wally and Josh Vella in there as well. I thought those two were excellent as well. Uh, I mean, I, I put Wally third when you asked me to, but I, I thought, yeah, I thought he made a difference yesterday. But those, those four for me were the standout players. Yeah, they've been consistent, haven't they? Those particularly three of those players um, to really put in a good performance in the last few weeks. Who did you go for, Aid? Yeah, I mean, I, I went for Leahy. I think that was a no-brainer. Vela for the fact at one point he was running around on one leg, and it was really close between Bennett and Morosi because Morosi did make some really good saves, didn't he? Uh, I just edged it with Bennett because I just thought he showed over the ninety minutes a lot more. I think effort and commitment, uh, nothing against Morosi. Again, like Chris, I probably could have had a top four or five, really, which sometimes when I've come on the podcast, I've been struggling to get one. So I think uh, I think that was quite good, really. But uh, overall, a good team performance, though, wasn't it? Yeah, good team performance. I went for Leahy, Vela and Bennett. Um, I could have maybe put Bowman in there as well. I thought you put a really good shift in. Um, he, I thought he did well. Wally as well. Um, back line, the Ebanks made some good tackles as well. So and Morosi made a few decent saves. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be able to pick a few different players rather than having to just pick one player all the time, which is very, very frustrating. Um, but yeah, what did the manager say? Um, unsurprisingly, he was, he's in good form. Um, he said really pleased with the win. Really pleased um, to win against the, the home in front of the home fans. He said it was important to get um, a, a goal at, at half-time. He was interested in his comments about going off script and the three of our most experienced players getting into that mix-up. Um, and he, he later on said they got you know, they made a pick zero of it, um, which I thought was a, a kind of apt summary of, of what happened. Um, in terms of the dressing room, he says, you know, we're coming together and we're finding each other and we're, we're still learning and developing as a squad. Um, and then on the injuries, as I mentioned, you know, he said, talked about Fella had a bad bang, but we'll find more. And, and and Bennett had cramp in his hamstring, so it sounds like he'll be ready for Tuesday. So, yeah, a lot to kind of get excited about. Um, and, yeah, um, that was that was it on Saturday. Um, anything to add, guys? Mm, yeah, I think it was an interesting comment from Cottrell. Um yeah, I mean, I don't think he sort of criticised Lewis Cox this week for anything, so that was good. Um, I think, <laughs> I, I think overall, you, you know, we, we've got what we've got, and uh, 
you know, taking the positives out of this, I think it was a good performance. I think uh, substitution-wise, he got it right, didn't he? Uh, he brought on Udo. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably brought on Bloxham. Udo gets the goal. So, well done to him. He deserves some credit for making that change. Um, I'm, I'm a bit concerned with some of the other comments, sort of, in terms of Cosgrove not being up to speed, especially after some of the comments he's labelled at uh, Lesha Bala, things like that. Um, but I think it's good to, to see that the dressing room seems to be coming together. Again, I would have expected that two months ago, but hey-ho. Um, but overall, yeah, you can't really knock those comments that he's made. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Steve Cotter after win is a very different um, manager, let's put it that way, um, than the one that's after a defeat. So, yeah, obviously um, Mark Elliott was doing the questions this week, so he obviously had a bit of an easier time than Stu Dunn in some recent weeks. Um, so yeah, let's put that. Let's close that game there. There's a couple of things. Let's just want to have a debate about better with you two guys on the pod, and then let's look ahead for next week. So um, looking ahead um, to this week, we've got um, Shrewsbury Town at home again on Tuesday night. All being well, we I can get some fuel. Um, I could, I'll be going to the game on Tuesday night. Um, I've yeah, I don't think my battery in my car would get me all the way to Shrewsbury and back, so I'll have to get some fuel. So that'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, you guys live in town, so I'm assuming you both, you guys, will make in Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't live in town, but I'll be there. Cool. Cool. You got enough fuel to get it, and then we go away on Saturday to Bolton Wanderers away, which will be an interesting tie. So. Yeah, games um, coming thick and fast at the moment. Um, but looking ahead, um, you know, interesting decisions the manager's going to have to make on Tuesday night. Obviously, we've talked about strikers. Um, Leahy's kind of really cemented that left wing back role now, which may raise questions for Nurse. Where's he going to play? And we were really impressed with his performances. Maybe he'll come in, maybe he'll rotate the back three. Um, but I want to have a debate about, about Nathaniel Ogbetter. Obviously, signed in January. Um, became a fan's favourite, even though no one actually saw him play. Um, Shrewsbury Town fans love him. Um, obviously, he was one of the most exciting players, I'd say, in the division in the second half of the season um, with his goals and his dribbling and his kind of attitude as well. Um, and yeah, he seems to have obviously disappeared from the starting lineup. We've heard, obviously known here about what happened in the summer of his agent. Um, but yeah, Chris, you know, or better, what would you like to see from from him and the management and the, and the staff and the team in the next few weeks? Well, he's the he's the most gifted player at our football club. I mean, I was one of the lucky thousands who did get into some of those games back in January last year before it was all locked down again. So I did see him live a couple of times, and it was even though it was only his second or third game, I think at the time. I mean, he stood out. He was exceptional, and he. He, he was brimming with confidence and he played the game with a smile on his face and it was just a joy to watch. And what's happened since the summer has just been baffling to me. It's uh, the management of him, those comments in the newspaper about his agent. I just, uh, if there's an issue there, surely you, the way it was done, I just thought it, it must have been, it must have been awful for the player. You know, he was being made a target, basically. He was still only 19 at the time. He's turned 20 since then. I, I just thought, to handle a player with his ability the way he was being handled, I, it made it didn't make sense to me. I'm sure there's stuff going on behind the scenes I don't know about, but from watching it to me, it just didn't make sense the way he's been handled. You know, he's out of contract at the end of the season, so what, I'm sure next season he won't be in a Shrewsbury shirt, whatever. But the fact that we're not using him and the fact that he's just sitting on the fringes means that any money we would get from him from a tribunal is falling by the day. And, you know, this is a player who looks like, you know, back in... 
back in May, he looked like a million pound player already. And right now we'd be lucky to get six figures for him. And it's, it's a real shame to me. Uh, yes, Lutley, he has done very well in the last couple of games and I'm pleased about that. But at the same time, to have a player of Ogbeta's ability and to have a player who can impact a game the way he did and not be using him, I just don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. And I, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, it is an odd shake one. My head. Yeah, it is an odd one. Obviously, we heard in the summer that Peterborough came in for for Ogbetta, um, but I know on good authority, um, we haven't really discussed this on the pod, almost maybe waiting for now, where um, the Peterborough chairman talked about they put a million pound bid in for Norburn. Um, now, I'm told that that was actually more like 200k, and the only way we would have got that million quid is if, if Peterborough had made it to the Premier League. <laughs> which no, let's be honest if I read those quotes from McAntony right there Wally he did, they didn't bid a million did they they said that we asked for a million which sounded to me like us putting a price on his head to stop them buying him uh, I, I remember him saying that I've, I've read it that he said they, they put a million pound um, bid in for him um, which would and they never really elaborated how that was built up um, but either way you know we hear that Posh put in a transfer um, in for better in the summer knowing them it was probably about 100k or something um, rather than a, a serious bid but clearly it's it's, dis, it's kind of disrupted him um, but obviously we've got a bit of a problem now Leahy's had his best game of the season aid um, Ogbetta, what would you what would you do with Ogbetta if you were the manager? Well, again, I think the way this has been handled it is is poor to say the least, and I'm really disappointed in the manager uh, in the way that he seems to be talking about certain players. I think sometimes you have to keep things a little bit in house. And sometimes I think you have to look at certain situations. Yes, he might think he's getting the best out of these players, but it seems to me he's destroying one or two of them. Now, you know, with Ogbetter, I think uh, he's a young lad. He's probably being advised in a in a poor way by his agent, but his agent is there for his client and he's trying to get the best for his client. It's up to us to being able to demonstrate that we could... Uh, develop this guy further so that actually he is the real deal and then you know we, we he gets uh, to uh, progress in his career and we also then you know get a, a suitable transfer um, income from it I think the challenge I've got is that it seems to me that he's just been thrown under the bus and he isn't the only one uh, I get the feeling that Norburn it that seemed to be the same uh, and it seemed to be very much that uh, people didn't see eye to eye so they were got rid of. Um, I've heard the comments from the Peterborough chairman. I've heard comments from the football club. Pardon me about this. And I think the big challenge we have is that, you know, football as an industry is you know, very insular. But he, he seemed to come out on, on Sky Sports and make all these these comments and statements, which I don't think did anything for Peterborough, though I'm not really surprised about what Peterborough do, but also for Shrewsbury Town. And, and I was a little bit disappointed. I, I think it lacked a lot of class. Um, from Peterborough um, saying what the comments that they made and it's certainly not going to help in any further negotiations in transfers if all better is to go to Peterborough at some point but I think Steve Cottrell just needs to understand sometimes you need to put your arm around people yeah sometimes you have to tell people off but you know you need to coach and mentor people and Steve should be experienced enough to do that he's got a gem there he's got an absolute gem and he could be the best player in this league and the fact that he's languishing on the bench, well, at least he's getting in the squad, that's good. For me, I think it is is not a great decision. Yeah, the, uh, Cottrell can point out to the fact that when he has come into the side and JPTs and stuff like that, uh, sorry, Papa John's drove you to games, that he hasn't really done it. But, 
you know, the guy's lacking confidence, and yet we seem to have Cosgrove, who seems to be able to get into the, the team just at the drop of a hat, and, you know, even when he's not fit. So I'm a little bit disgruntled as a town fan, that a guy that I really was looking forward to watching this season, I'm not able to, because things, I think, have been handled very poorly, and I think there's a lesson for everybody here that uh, maybe, you know, there's a guy here that could be an absolute class act, and it looks like probably he'll end up going in January, as you say, for for fifty grand to you know tram you over somebody silly like that, you know. And yet, actually, he could be a class act. And you know what? He probably will end up being a class act. And we'll look back on this point and go, well, yeah, you know, we should have uh, recognised the signs and done whatever we could to keep him, and, you know, let him progress in his career. Yeah, disappointed, isn't it, Chris? Sorry, Ali. I was just going to say I don't think he'll go to a trans Tranmere no. Rovers. I can see him going, but I've, I still think, despite the fact we're not playing him, he'll go up. Yeah. There'll be some. There's enough people who've seen him and know what he's capable of. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's destined for bigger things than Shrewsbury Town, and sooner rather than later. And it, it's just a shame for me we're not giving him a chance to show us some of those things because, hmm. yeah, you, I, 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 he could be a Premier League player in a year or two, and, and if he is, and we're watching him playing in the Premier League and thinking, you know, we really didn't get anything out of him, and that would be such a shame, such a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. Um, I'd expect him to go to maybe a League One team, a bigger League One team. Sunderland, maybe an Ipswich, they like signing player or two. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'd like we'd maybe go to a club like that or maybe even a championship club would, would get him. Um, obviously, we've got a big problem now because Leahy is one of our best performers at the moment. Great game on Saturdays, we've, we've said many times. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we do. I don't really like Leahy in central field. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see what we do. Maybe we play Leahy left back and not better left wing. Um, so that could be interesting. Um, but yeah, a lot of decisions to be made um, for Tuesday night. Um, fingers crossed we can see see a few different faces. It'd be nice to see better. Nice to see either Bloxham. Um, out, of, out, of, out of the strikers, guys, I'd, I'd say, assume you'd probably say that um, Bowman is going to start. Who would you like to see um, kind of start alongside him? Aid first. I think I'd probably go with Bloxham, but it's going to be hard to drop uh, a do after he scored, isn't it? So... Whether you start with the do and uh, and Bowman and then bring you know Bloxham on the second half, I don't know. I think that's probably how I do it. I think you you know you've allowed you know Aduce took his chance, scored the goal. He's on a high. Let's see what he can do against Wickham. And Chris, who would you start at the front on on Tuesday night? Uh, well, we're playing Wickham Wanderers, who are one of the more physical sides in the league. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually probably like to see Bloxham throw the big lad in, give him a chance, see how he gets on. And you could, you've always got Udo as an impact sub as well. Uh, he's shown himself to be a pretty useful impact sub this weekend. Maybe he can do it again, but I'd like to see Bloxham. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we still see Cosgrove. I'm just thinking, what would the manager do? It wouldn't surprise me at all, one little bit, to see Bowman and Cosgrove up front on Tuesday. Cool, just hold it there for a second, guys. I'm just going to want to find a stat about Wickham because I fucking hate Wickham. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, like, Winnie always takes the uh, the Michael out of me because um, I never, ever forget the goal that wasn't or the goal that shouldn't yeah. have been. And, and he's always saying, oh, well, Wickham, you know, Wickham fans aren't to blame for that. I said, it doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> but yeah, he always reminds me of that. I do like going to Wickham, though. Yeah, so, going away, but the teams... Yeah, so I'm going to do... Um, so I'm going to do... Um, so um, yeah, I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about Wickham now. Okay. 
So, yeah, Wickham on Tuesday night. Um, I've got a little bit of a, a record of Wickham. I'm not a fan of their style of play. Interesting in terms of like pass, short passes per game. Um, unsurprisingly, they're bottom of, of the whole table. Um, you've got Wickham, Gillingham, Rotherham and Morecambe. Um, but there's a huge gap. So 182 um, for, for Wickham, 200 um, for Gillingham as an average. Um, and then long balls. Um, they're not even the top for long balls either. <laughs> per game on as a, as a number and they're actually about 11th which just goes to show what a small amount of possession that they actually have um, in a game um, so yeah it was interesting it'd be interesting to see how they do obviously you know while I, I will lament and, and criticize their style of play um, you know it gets some results got them into the championship or by maybe a little bit controversial um, they've played eight games so one um, one less than us and they've got 14 points they scored 10 goals um, they've only conceded eight um, and they've got 14 points and are sitting sixth. So it's not going to be an easy tie at all. Um, so obviously Bolton, who have started the season pretty well as well, they're ninth um, with 12 points after nine games. Um, so we're going to our 10th game of the season this week, which is obviously a bit of a marker. Um, so obviously we haven't had the best start of the season, but it'll be fascinating to see where we are um, when it comes to next Sunday when hopefully Glenn will be back. And if we get four points, we could be mid-table. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we how we get on this week. Um, in terms of prediction, guys, what would you kind of expect? Not necessarily scores, but you know, from these two games coming ahead, what do you what do you reckon we could get? I'd say probably two draws. I think would be the best we could hope for. I think to get a point off Wickham would be really good. I think get a point on the road would be good. What would that take us to? Is it six and beaten then? Yeah, it'd be quite a yeah. good run, and we're getting. We obviously haven't won a lot of games, but we've obviously you know picked up a few draws and now so on. So we're getting a little bit of a run going. Um, so that wouldn't be too bad, Chris. Well, that would be great. Yeah, that is whether we can deliver it. I suppose my slight anxiety. Wickham Wanderers. You've talked about their style of play in recent years. That's the sort of style we often struggle against. I mean, you mentioned more can play like that. They turned us over pretty easily. Uh, I know we beat Gillingham, but in recent years we've actually found them a pretty tough nut to crack, both home and away. And they they're another really physical side. So I suppose that that element of it worries me that that their style of play is something that we may struggle with. But at the same time, we're a bit confident. So I'm going to go for at least a point on Tuesday. Tuesday, that'll, that'll get us to uh, four points from the two home games. I'd be happy with that. I think Bolton will be a tough game. I think they're a, an up-and-coming side with a good manager and they're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. So if we did come back from a Bolton with a point, I'd be pretty happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, it's going to be a tough week. A Bolton away. Um, if we get anything from that, I predict we'll lose against Bolton. Um, and then Tuesday night, I just really do hope we beat Wickham. I'd love that. Absolutely love that. Um, so, yeah. Cheers, guys! Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, thanks for coming in and, and joining. And in the absence of Glenn, hope Glenn you're feeling better. But yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Cheers. Been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Enjoyed chatting with both of you. So cheers, guys! Thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll be back again next week. And fingers crossed, we'll have some have some more good football to talk about. <laughs>